Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get this crowd going now. Come on, get him up, get him up, get him up. He's going to throw down the middle. The ball is caught. Hey, that's great football now. 35-40, down the far sideline. We got to fly, baby. He's still moving. He's going to go. Go Hawks. Are you kidding me? Let's go. go. 20, 10, touchdown, Seahawks. It's the Seahawks podcast. I'm Seahawks super fan and lifelong 12, Brett Davern. And he, well, he played for the Seahawks. He's Lofa Tatupu. Ready to do the show? Yes, sir. Let's get it, brother. All right. Uh, Lofa, <laughs> today's episode is stacked, man. We've got uh, quotes from training camp. I've got some uh, highlights from practice and, and things like that that we can discuss. Also, I want to start getting some predictions from you, and I'll give mine as well, in terms of some stat winners on the team as the season goes along and is, as we're moving towards the season, and we can check back in with those. Like, who do you think will have the most uh, receiving touchdowns this season and uh, you know you'll give us our your answer and we'll keep track of them as the season goes along see how accurate we were or whatever thank you everyone for joining us today the Seahawks podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag go to betonline.ag use the promo code believe b-l-e-a-v um, and get their welcome package and all that they're back everybody football's back they're a great sponsor and we appreciate them um, Lofa let's jump right into it Pete Carroll compares Jamal Adams to Lawyer Malloy in terms of players he's coached and their mm. blitzing styles. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, always great when you have another legend's name come up in comparison. Um, yeah. I uh, got the honor of playing with uh, Law Dog the, the last year here in Seattle, and I think he had six or seven sacks for us that year, you know, at age 36. Wow. So that's wow. high praise. Exactly. Um, high praise coming from Pete. And I mean, Pete knows the way we use lawyer. I mean, if you know, that's a similar, you know, skill set that Jamal has. Um, and you know, I, I think Jamal had what he had six sacks last year and six and a half, uh, mm-hmm. for the jets. So yeah, yeah. It's exciting when you get a guy from, you know, from the back end that can, that can affect, uh, you know, the passer. Yeah, we haven't really had that in a long time either with the Seahawks. I mean, obviously Cam and Earl and the good safety play like we always talk about, but they didn't necessarily blitz the safeties all that often, or or did they, and I'm remembering that wrong. No, no, you're correct. Um, you know, both phenomenal players, all pro um, in their own right, but they it was not something that, um, you know, came natural probably to either one of them, and which it was reflective, you know, in the stat sheet. Uh, both of them great guys so they're going to do whatever's asked them in terms of the defense but uh we were sending bobby wagner you know kj bruce we were sending those guys a lot more um than than we were the safeties that's not to say we didn't send them but um it's it's a really it's instinctive and it's a feel thing and and lawyer had one of the best timing of a cadence and um you know attacking the line of scrimmage and then he was just a natural pass rusher which is rare for a db to um 
to to have that skill set. Yeah, well, you dub man. He, you know, he, he's he, you know, he's a Pac-12 guy, but you dub. Yeah, that's what it was. Definitely the Pac-12. That's where he learned it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just have to. Anytime I can get the University of Washington in there, I just have to try. That's all. Um, Lofa, speaking of Bobby Wagner, though, because uh, we were texting back and forth about this, Pete uh, is heaping a lot of praise on the rookie linebacker, Jordan Brooks, and actually a lot of the rookies, but the linebacker in particular. Um, and you kind of took issue with that, or or maybe you are taking issue with that. You want to talk about that a little bit? I'm not taking issue with it. It's uh, But to, to say we didn't, we've, we've never had a guy like that, I mean, well, the guy's still there in the middle. Um <laughs> Seven, yeah. eight time, you know, all pro Bobby Wagner. So it was just confusing the, um, you know, the comparison or what, what, what the, uh, the quotes that were highlighting uh, about, about, uh, Jordan Brooks, but it's exciting, right? Um, yeah. You know, if Pete thinks that we have something that we haven't seen before, that, that's something to excited about. Well, you know Pete really well, obviously, playing for him in college. And then uh, you played with him when he came back to the Seahawks for at least one season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think the thought process is there, or or is there one? Is is that Pete trying to motivate some older guys, or is he trying to pick up the rookie a little bit? No, what I do you think? I think he's trying to elevate the rookie to, you know, and I don't, I don't think, you know, everything I, I've seen from, from um, Jordan's game in terms of highlights, he... He, he's going to make an impact right away, and that's that's why they've you know already slid him over into the uh, the weak side position uh, next to Wags and KJ. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know he's uh, he's confident in what what Jordan can do, and that's why you go and draft a guy in the first round uh, when in years past we we've traded back, and uh, so they didn't they obviously didn't think he was going to be there uh, when they went to pick next. So um, you know I'm excited, you know because we. We don't draft linebackers often or high. Well, the last first round pick was what, 2012? And it wasn't Bobby. It was Bruce Irvin. Right. 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 Yeah, and, sure. Know, so um, always exciting to, to add another playmaker to the mix. Speaking of Bruce Irvin, he had an interview uh, being done from training camp there. And in his interview, he talked about how the game is slowing down for him in his ninth season already, by the way. Uh, like mm-hmm. you just said, he was drafted in 2012, but that just seems impossible. Or I'm just getting really old <laughs> because he's already been in the league nine years. Um, but, you know, you were a veteran in the league, and we always hear as fans guys talking about the game slowing down. Um, what exactly does that mean, and how does it help you as a player? It's um, just when you have a, a great grasp on what is expected of you, your role in defense, and um, and what – you know, not only what you have to do, but what the offenses are trying to do to get you out of position. So when it slows down, it's, it's like the matrix, man. He's, you know, he's starting to, you know, he's starting to come into the zone and figure it out. So um, (laughs) that's exciting because like I said, here's a kid and we were talking about Bruce a couple episodes ago that when he went to, he didn't play, but one year of high school football. And then years later he picked up a, a Juco he went, he went back out for the team and he was playing safety, you know, corner and safety, if you can imagine that. Wow. So, yeah. So then physical, probably some bump and run on the outside. Oh, for sure. I mean, he, he's a phenomenal athlete, a freak athlete. So that's why he's able to do those things. But so he spent his first couple of years playing in the secondary. And then when he got to West Virginia, he really went in there as a linebacker and then got a couple rushing opportunities and they moved him all the way up to the end. So. Sure. When you think about that, he never really was able to find a home 
in college. And so they were expecting him to find a home when he got to the NFL. And so that's why he's saying it's slowing down for him now, because as you can imagine how fast the game moves, but put it this way, when I was a junior in high school, that was my ninth year of football. So you can imagine how slow the game was for me and why, you know, a not as good of athlete that I was compared to Bruce was able to hang with, with all the other guys, the, uh, the phenomenal athletes. So it's just, it's a matter of finding your home and, you know, finding your role. And just like, uh, like Pete said about him and Benson, when they left, they were still kind of tweeners, you know, not DNs, not linebackers, but they were used everywhere. And now I, you know, I think they're good. They got him listed as a linebacker, but I, I have a hard time believing he's not going to play a lot of D end, especially with how many linebackers we have. Do you remember when the NFL game kind of quote unquote slowed down for you? Do you remember when you felt that or were you even aware of it? No, I'm, you know, um, I was very blessed to have a great team and coaching staff in college. So, I mean, we went, we went 25 and one in two years. You know, we lost that one game in triple overtime to a guy by the name of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty decent, right? I guess. He, yeah. He yeah. He went on career. to do some things. He's yeah, <laughs> not bad. Uh, but so, you know, that, that was the standard and that was what was expected. And that's what I expected, not only from myself, but my, my teammates when I got to, even as a rookie, as a 23 year old rookie. And I know it sounds like, yeah, right. But, um, you know. That's that's how we just handled business and um, went right from two national titles into a Super Bowl. And yeah. uh, so, you know, it just I really feel like when I got to SC, that's when the game slowed down for me. I had, I had Nick Holt, um, phenomenal linebacker coach, Rocky Seto, Ken Norton Jr. And they really broke the game down for me. Um, and it, it became a numbers like after we do all the technique work your feet, your eyes, your hands. Now you start looking at your opponent and you break them down and it becomes a mathematical game in terms of percentage and, you know, risk reward for, for plays you're going to make. Well, you know, Bruce also wears number 51. So you guys are number pals or number buddies, or I don't know how you say that, but, uh, how's it feel watching someone like Bruce wear your number when you're watching the games? Oh, man, it's great. You always want to see your number out there making plays. And, and, and Bruce has made a lot of them. And uh, just excited to have him back. And, uh, you know, he's, like he said, everything, um, he didn't realize how much he missed it, uh, Seattle and the defense, you know, in general, um, until, you know, he got back in that building. So it's a special place. And I'm glad we, you know, he, he gets to come home and, and finish up, hopefully finish up his career. But you never know. Bruce could probably play another seven, eight years. That's how talented he is. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's just gotta be cool to, uh, I don't know, like, like 51 is, it feels like it's an important number on the Seahawks and you know, you wore it and Bruce is wearing it. And, um, I don't know that it's just, it's cool. I like it. I, I probably won't even put that in the episode, but I just, it's, oh, it's thanks, cool. Brett. It's special. I saw him running around out there in it and I, it hit me. I was like, Oh, that was Lofa's number. And that's cool to see that quality players are wearing the same number throughout the years. It looks like Lofa, just bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you think Bruce can dunk? Oh, okay. Let me tell you about the athlete this guy is. He jumped. There's these um, these pads, these sleds, and um, you know the, the tackling dummy. And it's about six, a little over six feet. He took two or three steps and jumped 
straight over it, um, you know, <laughs> like a vertical. And I was like, what? Oh, wow. And I mean, you know, he'll be over there doing backflips and stuff. And him and, and Wags will be doing backflips and handsprings and practice. And I was just like, man, like, that, this is definitely, okay, I see what Pete's talking about. This is definitely a different caliber of athlete that we're bringing in these days. <laughs> uh, speaking of guys that wear the same number, number 31 is also another number that a lot of Seahawks fans know because who wore it most recently, Lofa? Testing your knowledge bam, bam. a little bit. Number 31, Bam Bam Cam. That's bam, right. Bam, Cameron and Chancellor. number 31, yeah. <laughs> number 31 now is being worn by rookie DJ Dallas at running back. And the coaches, speaking of rookies and speaking of them being over the moon about some people and stuff. Uh, they seem to be just over the moon about DJ Dallas. He's getting a lot of reps in practice. He's catching a lot of balls. Um, there's a lot of quotes about him looking quick and fast and shifty. And and again, this is all in practice and there's no preseason games this year and all of that. But I, you know, just I, I love the hype and I'm excited about having another playmaker on offense. Yeah. I mean, he went, he went to Miami, you know, it's a, you know, a great school, great competition down there. And he averaged six yards a carry, if I'm not mistaken. So um, there's a lot to be excited about, about what he does. And then uh, just some of the quotes that I read post-draft um, that, you know, he enjoys blitz pickup. He enjoys doing the dirty work. You know, those are that's, – that's rare these days. A lot of guys just, hey, give me the ball. You know, I want the ball and I want to score mm-hmm. touchdowns. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the what he's going to add not just on special teams but also on third down and, and you know, the blitz pickup, I know that's got to be exciting for, for Russ. Well, and us as Seahawks fans, we like the the lunch pail type guys, you know. Seattle's kind of that kind of a town, you know. It's dark and rainy and cloudy and there's fishermen and, you know, boats and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're kind of a gritty a gritty people up there. And so when our players are, you know, blitz picking up and stuff like that, that we attach ourselves to those players and it seems like DJ Dallas will be another one of those. Yeah, I would have preferred to see 31 on defense, though. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's going to be weird watching it on offense, right? It is, right? Uh, yeah. But, well, you know, we'll see, though. He, uh, you know, from all uh, reports, it says he likes to hit and, and get after it. So, uh, you know, I think he chose the right number for that, though. Well, I want to get some predictions for the season going forward, and we can keep track of these as the season goes along um, in some stats categories and some like overall team awards and things like that. And then, uh, you know, if someone gets hurt or goes out or if someone starts blowing up and having a good game, we can refer back to our list and see how how right we were. Um, let's start with, uh, let's see, where should we start? Let's start with touchdown catches. We'll just do offense this week. In terms of touchdown catches, who do you think, once the dust settles and the season's over, who will have the most touchdown catches on the Seahawks? Oh, that's a tough one. Catches. I'm going to have to go. Oh. You know, Metcalf is, you know, the obvious big target, but it's um, it'll be interesting to see how much Greg Olson comes into uh, play down there. Ooh. A yeah. non-receiver getting yeah, a nod. Yeah, because, you know, you, you got Lockett, who, you know, makes all sorts of, you know, catches. Um, sure. But in terms of just being targeted down there inside the 20, because uh-huh. um, otherwise, you know, Lockett, he has to take take the football about 30-plus, 40 yards uh, when he gets his ops. Um, so I'm going to go with – yeah, I'm not going to go Metcalf. I'm going to go Olsen. Okay. 
All right. I think I'm going to take Tyler. I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett. Okay. Just because uh, he seems to get open all the time when Russ is scrambling around. And sometimes (laughs) in the red zone, you know, Russ is back there doing a few pirouettes. And I just can't get over that catch that Tyler made. Was it just last year? The Rams catch? I mean, that (sighs) just for that alone. One of the greatest catches we'll ever see. Yeah, totally. So I'll take Tyler and and we'll put you down for Greg Olson. Uh, what about rushing touchdowns? Rushing touchdowns. Uh, I mean, the obvious answer is is Carson, right? But I mean, just a couple of years, I think Russ paced us with like five or six right <laughs> rushing yeah. touchdowns. Uh, what was it? Yeah, 2018, I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, this is my hot take. Carson's going to stay healthy and he's going to lead us with. 12 touchdowns. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Yeah. Mark me down for that. I'll sign yeah. up for that right now. That sounds good. I'm going to go with my heart here, and I'm going to say that the leading uh, rushing touchdowns getter, <laughs> that was not the right way to say that, yeah. but uh, after 2020-2021 will be Marshawn Lynch. Oh, I, I hope so. I mean, that'd be great. How about a hot take there, huh? Yeah, that is. Are there any reports out there of him coming back? Nope, not at uh, all. But, but we're going to start I, him, right? We'll, we'll start wouldn't it. it wouldn't it be rumors great? Get started. Let's start uh, it. Yeah, let's start it. I mean, wouldn't it be awesome? I mean, look, someone would probably have to get injured for, for that to happen, so I'm not hoping for that, obviously. No, but yeah. wouldn't it be fun if Marshawn just comes back in off the street again and just, I don't know, gets four, five, six, maybe six would do it um, I mean, if they share the, the wealth? Couch. He hopped off the couch and had three and three games, yeah. right? Or four yeah, and totally. three games, something like yeah. that. So, um, and I mean, that that one in Philly was just vintage, you know, beast mode, just dragging people across the uh, the goal line. So, how about uh, how about wide receiver receptions just for wide receivers? Okay. So, receptions, I'm going to go Metcalf, but okay. yards per catch, I'm going Lockett. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yep. I think we're in agreement on that one. Uh, how about tight end catches? We got a lot of tight ends. There's like 12 well, tight ends on the team. Okay, so this is <laughs> like Greg Olson's going to lead us in you know the touchdown receptions, but I mean he might end up with like 15 touchdown catches and you know 25 passes for the year though. That's all I'm right. saying because right, I think right. I think you know if he stays healthy, this is I hope he stays healthy distally. You know, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you saw what he could do when he was healthy. Um, and then, uh, the, you know, the new kids, what, six foot 12, how yeah. tall is Parkinson? <laughs> Parkinson, I think he's like six ten. Yeah. He's huge. I mean, yeah. and every catch he was making was contested in, yeah. in, in college. It was yeah. unbelievable. He was just mossing everybody. Yep. Yep. I'm going to go with Disley too. Are we in agreement on that in terms of catches? Should we just say Will Disley? Well. From the tight end position? Do we still got Hollister? Is he still in the mix? He's still there too. Oh man, he, he earned oh. a lot of trust and and you know respect from from Russ, and that was, you know, that was evident, you know, in their time playing together. So you go, you go with Desley, and I'll go with Hollister. All right. They put up a picture of Jacob Hollister running around out on the field on Instagram the other day, and uh, he had his sleeves rolled up, and he's he's in the running for best arms on the it team. Was arm day? Oh was man. Oh, he's been doing some curls. Let me tell you what. There's some biceps on that kid. Uh, all right. How about um, overall touchdowns? Just most touchdowns. That's got to go to Russ, right? Yeah. Well, he, we're talking, you know, 
throw, you know, passing touchdowns, he gets right. credit for that, right? Like that's going to yep. get accumulated. Yeah, that's yeah, Russ definitely. Yep, we can both mark that one down. Uh, rushing yards, uh, Carson. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay with Carson on that one. Chris Carson, I will go with Carlos Hyde. Man, that's the guy no one's talking about, right? Uh, yeah, I could have. You know what? Honestly, I could have gone with him for rushing TDs too. Yeah, I always liked his game, man. Uh, it's exciting mm-hmm. that we got him. Yeah. Carlos okay. Hyde. I'll just say Carlos Hyde. Again, that's probably because of an injury, but it's a long season. So I'm just yeah. going to take a shot in the dark. And, uh, oh, it'd be amazing you know, having have him and Carson healthy, right? Oh, I just have a question for you in general when it comes to wide receivers. Who's going to emerge as wide receiver number three? Um, I, I think, man, that's tough, right? Uh, the likely option... Dorsett is who, you know, is the one that I, I believe really slides into that number three role, but not without some competition from Ursua, right? Am I forgetting mm-hmm. anybody? Well, you know, he's not going to – he's not l- listed as a wide receiver, but the rookie Steven Sullivan, the tight end out oh. of LSU, I think is going to probably line up in the slot sometimes they've been talking about. And so he could be a real dark horse pick for wide receiver number three if we can kind of – you know, yeah, bend I, our thinking that way a little bit. I don't know. I don't, unless there's just some, some rave reviews about him right now coming out of camp. I don't, I got to go with uh Dorsett, a guy that's, you know, that's been a featured one or two, you know, in, in a couple offenses. Um, you know, and, Pete Carroll said that in his entire time with the Seahawks, Philip Dorsett is the fastest player they've had and percy harvin somewhere raised one eyebrow oh, wow but um, yeah that is saying that's something. what that's what pete says yeah oh well we shall see oh uh david moore that was he, he's right yep yep he had yep. a really solid showing last year he did um, he did i'm gonna go with another one uh, just maybe an off the couch type pick or i'm going with my heart here or what i want to happen again but how about uh josh gordon i think they sign him oh, yeah. and he has a great season and it's one of the feel-good stories of the NFL amid COVID nineteen. He still he has yet to drop a pass in the Seahawks uniform, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like a great stat. Something. Like yeah, that. I think so. That's great. That's great. I mean, uh, yeah, that would be awesome get, to get him back. I mean, can you imagine that? Yeah, that would be awesome. Let's get to the big awards then. Offensive MVP for 2020-2021. Your prediction, Lofa. The offensive MVP will be. Um, the MVP of the league also. Oh, Russell Wilson. Wow. Hot take. I yeah. love it. I mean, it's, Good. this is, it's, it's due, right? I'm starting to see a lot of people are, you know, when they, when they post about, you know, Russ, everyone's throwing, can you believe he doesn't have an MVP vote? So this is, it's building up to be that year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go, I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be Russ. I think you're right on that. Um, but just to take another player so we can have some fun as the season rolls along, I'm going to go with, oh, this is hard. I'm going to go with Chris Carson. <laughs> I was going to say, it's either got to be Metcalf, Carson, or Lockett, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's go with Chris Carson. I think, you know, it's a, it's a contract year for him, I think, isn't he? In the final year of his deal, maybe. 
or, so, or yeah. getting close to it. I think it is the final year of his deal. So a lot of motivation there. And I think he just tears it up this, this season and stays healthy and has a great year. I mean, I'm, I'm pulling up his, his stats right now. He had 1150 and 1230 in the last two year, uh, years in terms of rushing yards, which, and that's in 14 and 15 games. Didn't even play the full 16. So, um, four, four, 4, 4.4 yards per carry and four, seven. It's yeah. I mean, has he made a pro bowl yet? I don't think so. Wow. <laughs> Maybe this is the year. Right. This is the year. I mean, he might've made it as like an alternate or something. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, he hasn't been able to play because he's been hurt. Right. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. That's probably But true. I mean, those are some 1100 and 1200 yards. You know, that's, that's doing some work. Yeah, we haven't had that since Marshawn. So, right? Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Mark me down for that. And then uh, last one here, in terms of the rookies again, let's talk about some rookies. Who will be the offensive rookie of the year, just in terms of the Seahawks? Uh, available to choose from, really. You got Colby Parkinson, the tight end, DJ Dallas at running back, Steven Sullivan, that tight end slash receiver, big, tall guy that, that we're talking about, uh, Freddie Swain, wide receiver, and then uh, oh. Damian Lewis, offensive guard, those kind of seem like the guys who will be in the mix. Who you got? Um, you know, it's easy to go with you know the you know the playmakers, right? But I'm gonna go sure. Damian Lewis. Is, is I love the, that uh, pick, right? I think yeah. he shores up our line. You know, there's there's a lot of great um, things so far coming out of camp about him, and it's just um, you know to get a second or a third rounder. I forget which what slot he was picked to start for you. And it looks, everything looks like he's going to start that. That's going to be my rookie MVP or, or rookie of the year on offense, man, you stole mine. That's what I was going to go with. I'm so excited for this guy. It's, it's weird to be so excited for an offensive lineman, but you know, our offensive lines, especially early in the season in the past have been a little suspect sometimes. And to hear such praise for this guy and he just looks the part and everything they're saying about him. I mean, they're like penciling him into the Hall of Fame already, and <laughs> I I haven't heard them talking about a rookie like this in a long time. So I'm pumped. Hall of Fame, that's 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 high praise. Well, right I'm just saying, if you listen to the quotes and if you read what they're saying about him out there, I really haven't heard them talking about a rookie, especially a lineman like this, mm-hmm. in so long. So. Uh, I think that's a great pick. Um, for argument's sake, I'll just go with DJ Dallas just because okay. I feel like he'll be touching the ball a lot and and stuff like that. Um, but I think Damian Lewis, I think I think either way, he's going to have a great season, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him out there. I know you are too. Absolutely. Looking forward to doing the defensive breakdown next uh, next episode. And then also as the weeks roll on, we'll do predictions for the entire season of wins and losses and all of that kind of stuff. So lots of good things to look forward to on the Seahawks podcast here. But Lofa, right now we're out of time on this episode. So sad. What are we going to break it down to? <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to break it down to? Oh, man. I don't know. Usually these things write themselves, you know. Um, but How about in honor of players sharing the same numbers, we could just break it down to number 51. I like that. <laughs> you lead us. Okay. You led us to the promised land last time. All right. All right. <laughs> that's true. All right. That's a wrap for us, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Seahawks podcast. Lofa, in honor of your number buddy, Bruce Irvin, let's break it down to 51 on three. 51 on three. One, two, three.
51. I mean, we're getting eerily great at this. It's, it's incredible. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.